This morning, we have uh, the privilege of listening to Dr. David Casale, but our text for this morning comes from Exodus 33. It's a powerful message about how Moses comes before God and intercedes on behalf of the people, of the Israelites, of his people, uh, to God, even in the midst of their own recalcitrance, even in the midst of their own um, idol worship in the golden calf, Moses nonetheless reminds God that these are not only God, not only Moses' people, but these are God's people. In the spirit of, this, of the sermon series that we're doing now, Holy Curiosity, we are featuring stories like this of people who are interceding for others on behalf of what uh, they know to be God's love and God's grace and pleading to God that God would do something for them through these mission partners of ours. We at First Press have had the privilege of supporting and partnering with both organizations and individuals who are doing this kind of work, interceding for God, for those who have deep need and uh, need to see and experience God's transforming love. Today, speaking into our text and out of his own life experience is Dr. David Casale, the uh, founder of the Congo Initiative. Many of you have known Dr. Casale for a long time. Uh, he is a dear friend of this congregation. The, the university, the Christian university he founded, he came back from Nairobi, came to his hometown or his home country, the Congo, the DRC, and founded this university that educates in biblical ethics so that these leaders will go out and begin to transform the uh, society in which they live. They invest in sustainable, a vibrant Congolese society in this way and develop grassroots initiative for peace, for hope, for justice. It is our privilege to hear from Dr. Kasali this morning. So let's listen to God's voice as it comes to us in scripture in Exodus 33 and then in this holy conversation that we are having with Dr. David Kasali. Our scripture reading for today comes from Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 through 23. Hear now God's word for us today. Moses said to the Lord, see, you have said to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your ways so that I may know you and find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go, do not carry us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people, unless you go with us? In this way, we shall be distinct, I and your people, from every people on the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, show me your glory, I pray. And he, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will, will proclaim before you the name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, 
and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, God said, you cannot see my face, for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, see, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it is such an honor to be with you today, Dr. Kasali. I know that many of our congregation members are familiar with you, but some of us are just getting to know you and the important work of Congo Initiative. So if you could just start out by telling us a bit of your story uh, and what you are doing currently with Congo Initiative. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Pastor. Uh, yes, my name is David Kasali. I come from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, my country is so rich in natural resources, but it's, it is a story of uh, suffering and exploitation uh, and people who are living literally in gold and yet among the poorest in the world. And uh, as if that was in, not enough uh, from uh, uh, 2007 to 2020, uh, uh, 2017, there was uh, a war in Congo and that uh, killed many, many people. And uh, uh, we see that maybe over 5 million people died from uh, uh, violence, from lack of food, from starvation. And for myself, it is not a number. Uh, for myself, uh, I lost my relatives in that war. I was serving as president of the Nairobi Evangelical Graduate School of Theology during that time. We were building uh, the school and starting the first PhD program for evangelicals in Africa. At that time, I heard about the death of my big brother who ran in the forest because of the war and he died over there. And my niece who I was pregnant and the rebels came in the area where she was and she could not run away. And they killed her, slaughtered her, opened her womb. And uh, my world just stopped. And I was numb. And uh, I said, I cannot continue like that. When Kenya and Nairobi, I told my wife, let's go back to Congo. Let's go back home. And my wife said, home where? Because in Nairobi, home can be a, a home in a, in a city somewhere or home uh, back in a village. I told my wife, let's go home to Congo. Mm. My wife said, there's war in Congo. I said, yes, there is war. But there are our people too. Our people who, do, who are doing the killing for us. Why am I here? And, uh, and at that point, God brought to my mind a Bible verse that I memorized in Congo in primary school and young in primary school uh, from a missionary from America who was teaching us and a, a, a Bible verse that I forgot for long. And during that time when I was wrestling with God, 
that verse came to my mind. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses. By faith, Moses, when uh, he was he had grown up, and uh, uh, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Mm-hmm. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy something fleeting and pleasures. Why money Musa gatel pokuwa mtu mzima. Alikatala kuitwa mwana wa binti wa farao. Akaona ni afadhali kupata mateso na watu wa Mungu. Uliko kujifurahisha na zami wakati kidogo. That verse in Swahili that I memorized came back to my mind. Mm. Beautiful Nairobi. Beautiful work. President of a seminary. Yeah. I did not consider that anything I wanted to be with my people. We went to Congo with my wife. When uh, these armies of Rwanda and Uganda were still there, we met with uh, 12 Congolese from different walks of life. We asked uh, uh, them three questions. We had a retreat for three days and we asked three questions. Why would people be so evil Mm. and kill and destroy and spoil and kill? and rape and gang rape and shamefully, why would people be like that? The second question that we ask, where are the people of God? Hmm. A country that is said to be 80% Christians. And we realized that there were Christians who were involved even in doing the evil that were happening there. The third question that we ask, so what? What should we, as God's people, do church differently so that we have an impact in our country? God says, ask me and I will give you nations as inheritance. We said, God, we don't want to inherit nations. We want to inherit one nation. Mm. Us, Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Enough is enough. So we consulted with these people to ask, so what? What should we do to make a difference as Christians in this country? And they gave ideas and ideas and ideas. And we were writing these ideas on on papers around the wall and idea we did not dismiss any idea. And then we we put the ideas in in groups and we came up with uh, six categories. And uh, one of them was the training of a new generation of leaders for Congo, people who have the heart for God people who have the mind to think and not just memorizing knowledge, but create knowledge, think, reflect, and people who are committed to their country, who love their country. My wife and I, we wrapped these papers and we said, ah, this is our mission. Mm. That, friends, is what we call today Congo Initiative. It's not our mission. It's God's mission. Mm. It's not our calling. It's God's calling. And to fulfill what the people want to see there. Our Bible verse, Isaiah 43, forget the former things. Mm. 
not dwell in the past. See, I'm doing a doing new, a new thing. thing. I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? It springs, springs away in the desert and fresh waters in dry land. I believe that this is what God is doing in Congo and we as Congo Initiative, that's being a small part of it. Our motto is being transformed, transformed, because we realize that that transformation starts with ourselves. Amen. Starts with our students. It starts with our community. We form the neat community. Congo Initiative is a, is a group of neat community. And not only Congolese, the friends from the US and with different uh, uh, walks of life, different uh, disciplines and, 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 and men and women and different tribes and different races and, and come together and claim that country for Jesus Christ. And together we say, being transformed to transform. And we are saying that we are creating a new we. Because in my country, we have tribes. And mm -hmm. tribes have strong affinities and they defend themselves even to the point of killing to defend their group. Now we are saying, yeah, we have a new group. God is creating a people of power with, new, with many tribes and with many races. And, uh, and, and, and so we are saying, this is the new we that we identify with to transform our country. This is our mission. And this is our work with the Congo Initiative and the Christian Bilingual University of Congo. I mean, together, being transformed to transform. What an inspirational vision, this new we. Um, I mean, I feel like the tribalism is rampant across the world and just these various groups that we're choosing to divide ourselves. So, so this, this vision that you paint is so inspiring and humbling, um, especially the context in which you went into, you and your wife from Nairobi back home into your war-torn country um, and, and to, to emerge from that with this with this hopefulness with light is, is mind blowing to me. So on this notion of being transformed to transform, um, that is a much more eloquent and beautiful way of putting what we're trying to do at First Pres, especially with our current sermon series, acknowledging that our, um, who we are in the world, how we heed God's call in the world starts with how God transforms each and every one of us. And so I imagine that, um, as you shared, that your wife was like, we're going home, where? Are you sure that home? And even in your own heeding of God's voice, you, you went back to a place where you were interceding on behalf of your homeland in spite of sinfulness that you were seeing around you. And I mean, one of the, the strategic initiatives of Congo Initiative is, is, is naming that there's been failed leadership, the, the dearth of, of ethical leaders. And so that's how you're choosing to invest in this. So in that process of kind of just discerning for yourself the, and seeing these problems that are just, you know, plaguing your homeland, how did you approach God in prayer? What did that even look like? Did you have the audacity of Moses? Um, which in the, in, a, in the passage we read today, I'm struck by how honest and how persistent 
Moses was with God on behalf of the Israelites. And it, it kind of just reminds me of, or I'm hearing that persistence in your own voice. So can you share a bit with, with us about how you approached God during that time? You're not, you're not to arrive to the point of Moses, uh, maybe in my own experience, uh, you inside yourself, you go through stages. Mm. And I believe that these stages are extremely important. Otherwise, we will be superficial in our prayer. Mm. That stage for me starts with identification. To identify with the people you want to pray for. To feel that you are one of them to carry their burdens, to put on their shoes, to feel the way they feel, the shamefulness, the poverty, physical, spiritual, mental, the suffering, exploitation, economic exploitation, sexual exploitation. We must start by identifying with these people, see them as these girls who have been uh, uh, raped and gang raped, what if, what if it's your daughter? Yeah. What if it is your sister? Identification. Identification then, I, I Moses identified with his people. And Moses knew that God identified with his people too. Mm. And that is the point of contact between Moses and God. We're in business together, God. Yeah. These are my people. How many times did Moses say to God, these are your people. These are my people. I'm, I belong to them. Mm. But they are your people. So there's a triangle there. And that triangle must be built. Me, the people, God. That's strong. Yeah. And the well-being of these people is deep in my mind. This, this, this past Monday was the Martin Luther uh, time. Your strong desire to see I've, go, I've been on a mountaintop and I know you will be there. There's a promised land and my people, they, they will be their strong desire to see the well-being, the people you love. It leads you to prayer. Yeah. And that prayer is so beautiful because you are not just talking to a stranger. You are talking to someone who has a deeper love, even deeper than you, a passion that is deeper than yours for the well-being of the same people. And that, 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 that love and desire and prayer comes from the passion, passion for change. It seizes your whole being. And when you pray, when I pray for my country, sometimes I have tears. Mm. And with that passion for change comes anger. Mm. Yes, deep anger. Anger against evil that is ravaging your people. Anger to see the devil reigning where God should reign. 
anger to see the devil take away the image of God from the faces of the children, from the faces of the beautiful uh, young lady, young beautiful Congolese ladies, taking the, 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 the image of God from the young, young men in Congo, the older guys, the older guys who should be respected in my culture, they're being treated like nothing, this anger. And that then leads to action. When you're praying like that and God, God says, okay, aren't we together in that passion, that love? Shouldn't we do it together? And then you feel that you have no choice. Mm. God is saying, change? What about you being the change you want to see? Mm. And it leads to action. It is cultivating the presence of God. Mm. So God is present. You're talking to God the way we are talking together. God is a friend, a father. You don't close your eyes and go in the room and hide there. You talk to him all the time. You don't fear what you tell him. You don't, you're, not, you're not so holy to say, I need to give the holy, the holy things. No, get me dirty as I am. This is my mind. Get it or leave it. And be sincere with God. God can, God, God can tolerate us. Yeah. God can handle us. Our foolishness, our cries, yeah. our childness thinking. So this is the Moses wrestling. And where I love it in this wrestling where Moses says, God, if you, if you don't go with us, you're going nowhere. Mm. Because this total dependence on God. Because, because Moses know that mm. when we work, we work. When we pray, God works. Amen. When we pray, heaven comes down. And God works in and through us to do his thing. It's not my mission, God. It's your mission. I'm only there for you. And then leadership becomes an opportunity. You mean I'm, you mean I'm a leader in, in Congo Initiative? I'm a leader... I, my ideas, I'm not imposing my idea. I'm not dictating my idea. Leadership is not a burden. Leadership is an opportunity to influence. Wow, it's as if God is giving, giving you a clean sheet to write the changes you want to see. Um, I love your description of prayer and of listening to God and of wrestling with God. So let's say that you're doing that and that's... Uh, that's happening. What, what do you think God is saying for you to tell, to act, to, to do for the Congolese people to change their way of thinking, to, to create that new we? And what could you tell American Christians, us, me, here is what you're not hearing from God, or here is what um, God is telling me about your situation that could open up 
new vistas of your relationship with God and creating that we. I love the idea of creating a new we. Uh, uh, that's, that's a very good question. Um, a few years ago, I co-teach a demon course at the Nairobi Evangelical Graduate School of Theology called List Hearing God. Mm. How do you hear God? Of course, the Bible is one way God speaks to us. The circumstances around us, another way God speaks to us. Personally, inside us, God speaks to us. Before we launched Congo Initiative in Congo, remember a lot of suffering in Congo. I was not there. My wife and I we were not there. Our people were there who had gone through so much. So an exercise that we did with, uh, uh, with pastors, we brought about 100 pastors together. And uh, we asked them, we went through the letters of the spirit in the revelation to the churches. Mm -hmm. And our question was, how will a letter of the spirit to the church in Congo look like? Mm -hmm. What would the spirit rebuke you? What will the spirit commend you for? Just very extremely profound. 100 pastors went through all the evil in Congo, who knew the situation, who knew the context, who have been trying to pastor that in that difficult context in a way that they were not even prepared to pastor in such a context. For a whole day, we remained in one question. What is it that the Holy Spirit will rebuke the church, his church in Congo for? A whole day, we divided 100 pastors in small groups, about eight, eight groups of eight people. And for the whole day, they were reflecting what what have we gotten ourselves into, we as church, that is not pleasing to God? And then we started writing all these, all these things, writing them, writing all of them. And then we saw the similarities and there were quite similar, many similarities. And we, take, we took the first three to five similarities from what they brought to us what they believe that is what the church is doing wrong. Mm. The following day, we did the same exercise, but what would the, the spirit command the church for in this difficult time? And then we took an edit editorial team and we gave them a day. Take the format of the, 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 the letters of the, the spirit to the churches written in Revelation. Take that format and take the issues that are there. And they did beautiful writing to the church. The following day, Pastor Tom, one pastor with a deep voice, the microphone, read it 
slowly and deep and the place was quiet. And pastors started sobbing. In my country, it's rare to see pastors crying or confessing or what. And I started confessing one after the other, mm. one after the other. It's a painful exercise. Mm. It's a disturbing exercise, but the church must be ready for it. If not, we will run the risk of just being a club, Man. a feel-good place, and not scratching where it really itches. We must be, that letter must make us feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And this is an exercise that I would say, as a church, as a people of God, we need to think through. And we'll lose so much, but I believe that what we'll gain will be stronger. Amen. Can you come back, please, Dr. Kasali, and preach? Anytime you are in town, my heart is full, um, my spirit is renewed, and I feel challenged. I feel challenged uh, for the important work that lies ahead. I will confess in the spirit of, of what you just shared of the pastors doing at that gathering that um, the work towards justice in any realm feels overwhelming. And your boldness, your genuinely deep faith in God, in prayer, in life, in action, in transformation is such an inspiration to me. This is what my soul needed today. So thank you. It is an honor for our church to support, partner with, be in prayer for Congo Initiative and for you and your wife in particular. So we are eager for the day that we can be with you in person and you can bring again, a good and powerful word to us. So thank you so much for your wisdom and your time. Do you have a, a final parting word for the folks in Berkeley? That's a wonderful church. And thank you for having a pastor like yourself. Mm -hmm. And thank you for your embracing hands. And I believe that something is about to happen even that the church has never experienced before. I mm -hmm. just pray that you'll be open because uh, uh, when the, the spirit comes, often the spirit makes us uncomfortable. And uh, uh, let's uh, ask the, the, the spirit to trouble us a little bit, but uh, I'm certain that great things are about to happen in the church. Thank you very much for your uh, ministry in the church too. And uh, uh, greetings to uh, the whole congregation. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>